Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world. Telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and I'm here on my Billy Todd to talk to you around securing up your investment. And what I mean by that is making sure that the investment that you've made in your brand and in your business is protected using, you know, what resources and what what systems are available. And in this case, uh, it's talking around trademarking. So I have been working on the Selling Without Sleeves brand now for just over a year, just under a year, just around about a year. Let's go with around about a year. And you know, in that time, I've run challenges. I, in the process of developing my book, I've purchased a website and so on. So, you know, I am, you know, in deep and committed to using Selling Without Sleeves as a brand. What that means though, is that, you know, the more I invest, the more you have potentially to lose. If someone was to come on board and think, oh, that's a good idea, and start replicating it, start using the name, you know, without registering it as a trademark for yourself, as a slogan, as a brand, then you have no comeback. You know, you can be like, oi, I was here first, but that's about it. So we made the decision back after the challenge, which which went well. You know, obviously the message of selling without sleeves resonated well with the market. And so I thought, my ideal clients are relating to this. It kind of does what it says on the tin. I'm a big fan of that. And so I thought, right, okay, let's let's go about getting this protected. So why am I talking to you about it today? When I started this, when I went through this process, I had absolutely no idea how to go about registering it as a, a registered trademark, as something that was my property that I was protecting. And so, you know, I know I've got a little R now after the Selling Without Sleeves name, and I know that it's registered in three different categories in the UK. But how did I go about it? And so I thought, you know, the journey that I went on, the process that I looked at, it can be helpful. Um, I am definitely not a lawyer. I am definitely not somebody who has done this before. And so, you know, if I can do it and I can navigate around it, then so can you. Um, and hopefully by sharing with you why I did it and what I did, um, the steps I took, uh, it can help you to, to be in a position to do that and protect your business too. So I think, you know, covering off the why, why was I doing it was to protect the investment we've already made in the brand to position myself and be really clear that, you know, I want to own this space. I want to own this approach and I am building resources and supporting materials and books and podcasts within um, using this terminology, using the phrasing of selling without sleeves. And so it makes sense to protect it. So, you know, here I am um, going about the, the whole protecting idea. So going back to just after the challenge, uh, the decision was made let's go ahead and start uh, looking into how to protect selling without sleeves so that we're the ones that can use it. And if anybody else does, then, you know, we can say, please stop. Obviously, the whole please stop um, is a bit of a thin end of the wedge. And if that person decides to go off and, and continue to use it, there can be a lot of uh, financial implications. You can go down a proper black hole as it were, uh, with with the funding that you might need and the investment you might need to take in order to actually 
actively protect it. Hopefully, it would deter people that you have an R after it, you know, to say it's registered and you've registered that brand and that, that name. But if it doesn't, then it, you know, it can be costly. And so obviously you need to take a take on how how important and how much you want to push that. Uh, hopefully it will never be tested, but you know, there is the option once you have it protected that you can do something about it. And that's what we were after at this stage. So I started talking to solicitors. I actually got a couple of contacts to let me know who they would recommend. Um, people who had been lawyers or who were still practicing lawyers, but in different field. These are the contacts I had. And because they were the contacts I had, you know, I went off and I checked with them. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't have any contacts who did the protection of um, IP and trademarking and everything else that I needed to speak to. And so I know I was fortunate that I did know people within the, the industry, uh, just not in that particular field. So I got a, a, a short list of sort of three or four names. And, and from there, I went about contacting people. Now, the feedback was really varied. It's a bit like anything, you know, when you get a building quote and you have absolutely no idea about building. You don't know wood for trees. You're not sure who's who's right and who's not right. And there was a real mixed bag of feedback around how realistic it was to be able to register um, sending without sleeves because the vast majority of the people that we spoke to said that it was too descriptive. It was a way, it was an approach to sales. And so therefore, could you really protect that and, and say that, you know, this is mine, this is my trademark, this is what we do. And so we actually, I ended up speaking to one solicitor. They all wanted to go down the route of protecting the logo and the the brand as a whole. So the, the visuals on it, the colors, the logo, along with the wording. For me, that just wasn't what we were trying to achieve. I like my branding. I like the the logo design, but I'm not married to it. Um, and I think as the brand evolves, I will probably look to update that. Um, so there's absolutely no point in protecting that font and the the you know the SJJ in there for my name, the my initials. It was the selling without sleeves element that we wanted to protect um, because you know we felt it was good. It obviously resonated with people, so why wouldn't you want to protect it? Fortunately, I did speak to one of the solicitors who came really, you know, highly recommended by somebody who, you know, opinion I value. And uh, they said, yeah, actually, I think that we could get it through and that it's worth worth a go. Obviously, you know, it's a bit like somebody betting your money on red or black. Um, it's not their money. It's not their cost. Um, and, you know, they're getting business out of it, whether or not it's successful or not. Um, but looking through some of the products and brands that they'd already worked with, I felt confident that, you know, they, they'd done something very similar before and they'd been successful with it. So off we went. It cost just over a thousand pounds. I think it was 1300 pounds to get them to, to do the whole thing for me. You know, putting this into to context, I think you can actually register it yourself in the three, three categories we ended up registering in, um, for around the sort of, I think 200, 300 pound mark. So, you know, you are paying a decent whack extra, but I didn't want to do it and mess it up. I didn't want to do it and put it into the wrong categories. Um, I felt like, you know, if you're going to have a stab at it, then get somebody else who knows what they're doing. I'm a big fan of play to your strengths. My strength is not filling out this sort of paperwork and submitting forms that I've never had to submit before. 
I do know people who have done it for themselves and they've done it successfully, but I just felt it was worth the investment. So we we got them, we instructed them to do that and, uh, and off we went. And, and actually reasonably quickly, we got a response to say that it had been um, approved by the person who inspects it, looks into it, um, which was for me the biggest hurdle. Um, then it went out for a couple of months out to it's published somewhere um and it lets people know that i presume if you have an alert set up on selling without sleeves it would let you know that somebody is trying to register um that to themselves and, and to claim that as their brand as their phrasing terminology that they use within the three categories that we went for which was business consulting podcast and also a book so you know it was covering where where i'm at and and the areas that i work within that was then left for two months so it'd been put out into the public domain that this was what was happening and then from there if nobody queries it if nobody makes an objection then it goes through and that's it it's yours and so receiving the certificate and the confirmation from the solicitors that it was ours and it was done and dusted was really really nice it was very exciting it was a proper relief and I am really pleased of the investment that I made now you know you don't have to go down that route you can do it yourself it was just that from my point of view with time and confidence I just wanted to get it right and I wanted to get it right first time I didn't want to be the cause of it not going through because I'd messed up and done something I shouldn't have done you know it's not the fact that you have to throw buckets at it but if you do have phrasing if you do have a brand that you want to protect then I do definitely think that it's worthwhile so what am I going to do with that now well my book is being launched by the company that a couple of podcasts ago um, Rob um, was on and his company is going to be helping me with the launch of my book. They are US based and so it makes sense to also get that um, registration in the United States. So looking at the countries we're going to be going for, we've looked at different options. Again, I've decided to use the same solicitors and you can go through a process where they can register it in multiple countries at the same time using the the time scale that you originally had um for your first application so and um, that means that they can you pay an initial fee and then you pay a fee per country and that's how it goes through and you know you are you have the same issue people can contest it people can query it but you can select the countries that it is protected in the system that i'm talking around is what they call the madrid protocol okay so basically you have an initial cost of the application and then you pay per country per classification and um, the reason for that or the reason for doing it this way is that you can add countries as they become significant to your company um, you also don't have to employ people locally to represent you unless obviously there is an objection made against the application and so um, the idea is it's a little bit more straightforward but it will cover so it will mean that you can cover um, the the, the application in one go using one solicitor rather than different people in, in different areas. So that's what has been suggested to us. And, and, and again, I send check that so that, you know, when I originally made the inquiry, um, some people suggested that some people didn't. Um, obviously, there is more than one way to skin a cat. And I'm sure from you know the other solicitor's point of view, that's their preferred method 
because there will be pros and cons. But this is, you know, what we are intending to go with. So, you know, from our point of view, that means that we can be protected in the countries where we are launching the book. Um, and, you know, as far as countries that we I might look to approach and provide sales support in in the future. So um, all really, really exciting, dead positive um, and come, come at a really random time uh, with being off on maternity leave. Um, on that note, B3 has arrived um, and is currently um, leading Martin and Mary dance, um, wanting additional food um, at a time when the routine says it's not something he's not supposed to be requiring additional food. And, you know, I have actually been uh, trying to do this podcast since, uh, well, over 13 hours <laughs> It's taken me to sit down for half an hour to do this. You know, all fun and games. On another note, as far as uh, business is concerned, um, wanted to share with you that I'm getting a number of inquiries, looking for people looking towards next year. And I think, you know, that's really noteworthy. Obviously, from my point of view, it's a little bit frustrating because I'm not in a position where I want to take on people right now. I will be returning very, very part time from January, as in, you know, a couple of half days a week. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not in a position to take on uh, loads of people. And I, last week I had four inquiries, two from recommendations and um, just two from my network. And so, you know, people are clearly looking towards 2021. And to be fair, who can blame them? A lot of us have been wishing this year away um, since <laughs> since summer, really. Uh, but I think people are looking to to make a move to make changes in their business practice or in the direction that they're taking themselves in their career um, over the next few uh, months. And so it is worth thinking around what does my ideal customer, where is my ideal customer now? Uh, and what are they thinking? What are they looking for? And it may be that actually your ideal customer is looking towards 2021 and they're looking to get the support or the resources or the products that you offer. Um, the, you know, they're, they're looking to per make those purchases. So it is worth for people who aren't making the most of, of the Christmas um, because you know you're not in a in a retail position that you are looking and making that offer and just making people aware that you exist. Um, I know within the agency they're gearing up for next year because there's always an influx in January because people are always wanting to to make changes and run ads and and get serious with their marketing and so you know they will see that influx. So they're running ads and they're getting themselves out there more so that people when they think oh I want somebody to run ads they are the people that are forefront in their thought process moral with that one is to make sure that you are putting you know you're showing up for your ideal customer you're putting content out there you're getting hold of your email list you're not doing it because you've got something to sell them right now necessarily but you're doing it because you want to build that no like trust and you want to be continue to be front of mind for them so don't forget them over this period because lots of people if they're not busy with Christmas if they haven't got that demand there now because they're not somebody who, who make hay whilst the sun shines when it comes to Christmas then you know they are looking towards next year and what they can do and what improvements they can make so help them out with that give them that information let them know how you can be of help to them if they want it if they don't want it that's absolutely fine but if then you don't make them aware of it, then, you know, how are they going to know about you 
How are they going to decide that you are the best solution to their problem? So in short, guys, protecting your investments. Think about how you can protect your business. It might not be protecting IP through registration. It might be something else. It might be increasing your barrier to entry into the market by developing yourself further, keeping ahead of the competition, making it so that it's very difficult to replicate what you do. Because, you know, the most unique thing in your business is you. And so, you know, you are difficult to replicate. But if you don't keep moving forwards in your business, then that's when people can catch up. If you're not protecting what you've already done, then, you know, that can be be replicated or it can be potentially taken away. So be aware of that. Be aware of where you're at and, and how vulnerable you are or you're not. You know, the more that you invest in a particular terminology or phrase, or trademark, then you know the more the more you've, you're at risk um, if somebody was to come along. So see what you can do with that, guys. As far as gearing up towards next year is concerned, make sure that your ideal customer knows that you're around, knows what you can do for them, so that if they are in a position where they're thinking about next year, they're thinking about you. Thanks for listening, guys. See you again next week. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.